Okay, hold on. I got it. Take two. Take two. Okay. <laughs> Ready? And. Okay, I have to say, I loved this episode. Like, <laughs> thank you. I know, like, I, I didn't say this before. I think it's we... really good. Thank I think you. you did that was a really a great good take. second take of this. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's really, like, off the. <laughs> Off the cusp, like out of nowhere, never been done before. (laughs) Hey, hi, hello, everyone, and welcome to Afterbite. It is an Originals fan cast. It's only eight years too late. This week, we are watching season one, episode 16, Farewell to Storyville. I'm B, joined by my co-host, Brian. Say hi, Brian. Hello, I'm awake. He's awake. He's alive for once. I'm, I I exist on this podcast. I mean, after the last episode where I literally had to leave mid episode, <laughs> yeah, because my internet just decided to crash. Well, that was like a whole thing. That you was, know? and we did it on a good episode too. <laughs> I know. Jordan and I had a really good talk after that. Ugh. Actually, we had a really good episode. I'm sorry you had to leave, but I also like this new mythology that you're introducing, which is that every time you're not on the podcast, you're yeah. just asleep. I'm just dead. We don't know where I am. I'm very I'm in- much like Sleeping Beauty, like Once Upon a Time, many <laughs> sleeping curses. You have yes. that little weird little pocket watch thing, and you are just stabbing that in yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I wake up and then as soon as we're done recording, I'm going back to bed, by the way. Just <laughs> I woke up only at this. No, I'm kidding. I'm actually going to order like food or something and just have it delivered to me because I am not driving. Oh, so true, King. Can we talk about this episode? Because it's very good. Oh, let's talk about it because this was a fun one. I'm still on the Supernatural Creatures pages. I was looking up gods to see if we've gotten any Exit. other gods. <laughs> Exit out of that page. I'm, now, I, went, I skipped ahead to Legacies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now we're talking about Farewell to Storyville. Yes, we are. Oh, written by Michael Narducci. I love that man. A good ep then. You know, oh, that's a Any- usually, that's a pretty good signifier <laughs> of quality. Anytime you see Michael Narducci, you're like, yeah, we're good. Well, at least, here's the thing. Michael Narducci's episodes, they're always at least good. And yes. this one is really good. This. But like. Mm. Michael Narducci has a pretty high standard. His episodes are always like a seven at the worst. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, like well. other writers, you know, they might have a little more variation in quality. But Michael Narducci, my guy, <laughs> he gives us at least sevens, if not better. And this one is definitely better. Oh, 100%. The Netflix description for this episode. Uh-huh. Tensions build between Elijah, Klaus, and Rebecca as they are trapped together in the City of the Dead by a witch's spell. <gasps> so basic, but yet gets the point across, because that's basically it what does. we do. It's a very basic episode description, but, like, did we need anything else? No, this is exactly what we do. You didn't need anything else to sell me on this episode. No, this is exactly what we do for 90% of the episode. We just hang out in Lafayette Cemetery. Which is good, but this isn't... Sometimes I think people think that when episodes happen in just one place, they are considered bottle episodes. We've had a few of those on like TVD when like everybody's stuck in the high school that are like, oh my God, they're like kind of bottle episodes, but they're not really. This one I think is not quite a bottle episode Mm -hmm. because it spends so much important time outside of the place. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, like, we don't, like, we get, like, we move forward the the siblings plot. Like, obviously, we have to call, we have to fix what's been going on the past few episodes. And then also, like, kind of continue on what's happening outside of this. So they're kind of Yeah, doing, and there's, like, like the- big stuff that happens outside. Which is... I forgot about some of the stuff that happened, like, because I only remember, like, the cemetery stuff, because I was like, this is the best part of the entire episode. Uh-huh. But then, like, watching it again, I was like, huh. Oh. Oh. Yeah. There's, like, some shit that happens this episode. Mm. I also... Do you know what Storyville is referring to? Because I do, and I think it's very fun, actually. <laughs> I just looked at it on the wiki. It's on the wiki. Because yeah. I I was trying to figure out, I was like, oh, it's a song by Billie Holiday and Louis Armstrong. Like, that's so cool. It was also a, a French... <laughs> it was also a um a little bit of the French Quarter that was a, a place of legalized prostitution. It was a red light district. And I kind of love that, actually. <laughs> I didn't know that this even existed. I was like, Farewell to Storyville. I think it's very funny, actually. (laughs) Farewell to Storyville is a song about New Orleans. I was like, wow, I love that. Oh, it's about prostitution. (laughs) Oh, Storyville was about the red light district of... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that 28 Storyville not only became a part of... Oh, it was part of the lore. Oh, it functioned as a hothouse for the development of jazz. Because in case you don't know what happens in New Orleans is jazz and prostitution. (laughs) I guess. I guess. Anyway, I just thought that was fun. I just like looked at that and I was like, that's a lot of text under the cultural references section of the TV yeah. wiki. I was like, huh. <laughs> like, wow, quite a lot there, huh? <laughs> I was like, oh, so it's not a song by Billie Holiday? Louis I mean, it is, but it's also some other thing. <laughs> like, how I scroll down at first, like, that's the first thing, I, it's the first thing you see. And then you go lower and you're like, oh. We start this episode... Uh, fuck, Jesus Christ, <laughs> huh? We start this episode off with a flashback to, I think it's like 10th-ish century Mystic Falls, uh, because the Michelsons are still pretty young. Yeah. Uh, so there's a storm raging outside the Michelson's cottage uh, as a very young Rebecca lays in her bed sniffling and crying. Um, but a young Klaus walks over to comfort her. Uh, and He says, uh, he grabs a little, like, chess piece that he carved uh, and he's you know like I carved this for father it's a brave knight now you can be brave too and then um, Klaus says the line I will always stay with you Rebecca no matter what they really started <sighs> kicking you often and early this episode they're like you're already down for the count let's just kick you a little bit more because we all go into this when the first time I ever saw this episode was live, so obvious because I'm that bitch. Mm-mm. Yes, anyway. you mention it constantly. Thank you so much. It's it's the only reason I could say the main character. Uh, <laughs> um, but we went into the, I went to this episode fearing for Rebecca's life, <laughs> and As they started should. off like, and I'm like, are we, are we really starting it off like this? Like, what the fucking fuck? We're gonna die. <laughs> Like, because we know we're getting flashbacks, obviously, now. So it's like, on top of that, we're getting a flashback episode. On top of that, we're getting potentially losing Rebecca, like a character we've loved since season three of Vampire Diaries. And now, and then, 
it, oh, I just, I love yeah. this. I, I just, oh, I love it. Yeah. I felt emotions again that I didn't know I felt. I felt emotions that I haven't felt in years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit. When we get to it, I I have many thoughts when we get to the ending. Oh, God. This episode, Bestie, this episode gets me in the ass. It does. It, really it literally does. punches you in the face. And <laughs> So then we cut back to modern day Lafayette Cemetery where... <laughs> Klaus is again doing his angry British yelling things of like Rebecca like he's doing right. his yell you know how he does yes <laughs> I love it I love when Klaus yells like this it's so funny and Elijah comes up and he's like to Rebecca he's like you should leave and she's like I can't and like Elijah buddy <laughs> You know that you're all stuck here. <laughs> I'm just like, run. Bitch, it's a cemetery. Where can I go? Are they just going to be like Looney Tunes style running around in circles for the next fucking however many hours? <laughs> no, like Benihana plays like... Or whatever that song is. <laughs> yeah. What is that song called? I don't know. Benny Hall? No. I said Benihana. <laughs> you said Benny Hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hibachi restaurant. Uh, what's the fucking song called? I know That's gonna bother me. I think it has something to do with the chicken. No. No. Is it Benny Hall? Is it Benny Hall? Running around cartoon. There we go. It's. It's by Benny Hill. Benny Hill, that's what it is. And I think it's called Yakety Sax. Hold on. There we go. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's called... Yakety Sax. Yakety Sax. There I... we go. God, I... we were like both sort of close, but both wrong in our own ways. God, I, I'm so sorry to our listeners for getting that fucking song stuck in your head. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I don't know where the... Uh, uh, yakety sax, though. Yeah. The, a yak playing a sax. I love that. <laughs> Why did I think it was called the chicken dance? No, that's a diff- That's a dance. <laughs> that's a different song. That's an entirely different song. Okay. <laughs> we don't do the chicken dance in this one? No. Oh. Nor does Yakety Sax play, which is honestly more disappointing. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Elijah, I think, smartly says to Rebecca to get out of Klaus's sight because your presence only serves to anger him. Rightly, the right move to think to, to do that, yes. I think. Um, and Klaus is like, you would side with the fucking traitor then. And... Elijah's like, I'm not choosing sides, but I'm not going to allow you to hurt our sister. And Klaus does this thing where he tries to, like, vamp speed away, but Elijah, like, easily catches up with him and, like, stands in front of him like, okay, I'm not going to move. Like, I'm sorry. I, We're going to do what I'm going to do what it takes by whatever means necessary. Yikes. I love Elijah this episode. Like, I think it's just cemented how much I love him. He here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I enjoy Elijah. 
I enjoy okay. Elijah. Okay. I enjoy early Elijah. Yeah. But I think by the end of the originals, he once his whole like red door thing starts, I get a little tired of his deal. I get a little tired of it about the third time we reference this fucking red door. And everybody's like, oh, King, your door. And I'm like, okay, I get it. He has a red <laughs> he door. He has a door. <laughs> I get it. Jesus Christ. But like, it's done so constantly that I'm like, all right, we get it. He has a door. That's it. Goodbye. Like, I understand now. Thank you so much. Can we move on from this red door? And we then somebody else the comes door. back around and it's like, oh, King, your door, your door is open. It's like, <laughs> I know, I get it. He has a red door. <laughs> I understand the concept. I see what we're doing here. And so by the end of the series, I've had to hear about Elijah's red door so many goddamn times. Yeah. And I'm just like, I get it. You have a red door. I understand. <laughs> I know. And so by like, I think it's by like season three or four or three, four and five are like my least favorite Elijah's. I'm like, I understand you have a red door, King. Can we close it and move on? Please. And Can we please you. move on from Can this. Can we go to any other door? Any other door, please. <laughs> So like I like Elijah here. I think this is this is kind of my peak Elijah. Yes. But like as soon as we start hearing about that red door, bestie, <laughs> he goes downhill. All of a sudden, I understand you have a door, King. I get it. B is against red doors. Like if it's a blue door, it's fine. Any red door on this show and either show, canceled. I hate it. It's just I'm not. I don't hate the concept of the red door and especially what it represents for Elijah. Yeah, but the fact that everybody every thirty goddamn seconds is like King, your door. It's like I know, I know, hey, I did it. <laughs> hey, you have a door, sir, sir, sir. Hey, your, hey, door. your door's open. I know your trauma's <laughs> coming, <laughs> sir. Your door's opening. Yeah, I get it. I understand now. It's just, oh, I love this. Oh, I love gets this. a little insufferable. It After does. A I will admit. I will admit. It does get like you're kind of like uh, again. I know. I it's we like every time this. I think we've moved past this red fucking door, somebody's like, "Have you heard about your red door?" Yes, I've heard about Elijah's red door. I know. I and was the red- there when it was opened. <laughs> Don't speak the old magics of the red door to me. I was there when it was opened. Like the re- okay. And the red door is a secret mouse tool we're going to use for later. <laughs> I like, here's the thing that I like about the red door storyline is I can mm-hmm. say red door storyline and nobody who hasn't seen it will understand what I mean. So it's a very spoiler free way of talking about Elijah's really future character growth when I can complain about his red door and anybody who hasn't seen, what is it, season two that that happens? Yeah, season two. Everybody who hasn't seen season two is like, the fuck is up with elijah's is he doing like home improvement now is he doing the tool man taylor like what's going on and here's the thing you'll never know you'll never know until we get there so you have to keep listening then Mm -hmm. cliffhanger gotcha we gotcha we got you hook line and sinker we we hooked another one (laughs) (laughs) are we okay no no I feel like 
episodes have such an energy to them. They do. I think it's just us like making jokes about this universe because we know like it's just us making jokes about this shit and me going off on a tangent about legacies for some fucking reason. And me trying to stop you but not really wanting to actually do my host duties. So I just kind of like let you go for a while and then yeah. out of And the then we're like three hours later, we're like, hey Brian, we still on the t- we haven't gotten to the title card yet. <laughs> Great transition to the title card of this episode. And opening credits. After the opening credits where Marcel is talking on the phone um, with Rebecca and he's like, you know, do whatever it takes. Just stay alive. I promise I'll get you out of here. And Rebecca's like, well, okay, but like he's here and he is going to kill me. And Marcel's like, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Elijah, Marcel, you're pretty, but maybe... You, she's stuck. You can't get her out of there, I promise. Yeah, it's very, like... He's very much saying, like, I'm gonna fix the problem, and Rebecca's like, the problem's already here. Yeah, like, the the, the problem is here, and it is actively breathing down my th- my my neck, like... <laughs> actively has a white oak stick pressed at my chest. Marcel, this episode, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. I don't especially like Marcel in this episode. I don't think he does anything especially useful this episode. No, it kind of just shows, like, how much of an, like, how much, like, he's reliant on people. It's also, though, like. And that he expects people to do things for him. Yeah, he immediately, like, the next scene with Marcel is when he enters the uh, Davina's attic room, and Davina looks visibly unwell. Yeah. And he's like, hey, anyway, I got you some organic soap, some incense. I'm not asking you to do magic yet, but, hey. But if you want. If the, if the, if the mood strikes... I got this for you. Like, I don't know. Like, it seems like this episode, he, like, the first thing he does this episode is try to push Davina into doing magic, which, yes. Boo, boo, tomato, tomato. Like she, just, um, she just came back literally from the dead. And he's like, yeah. It feels very, like, Bonnie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whenever Bonnie yeah. came back to life. For the, and everybody's like, hey, Bonnie, can you do this spell for me right now? Like, hey, hey Bonnie, Bonnie, I know Bonnie, you just went through a very Bonnie. traumatic moment. But hey, Elena's trapped with Klaus again. Oh, so sorry. <laughs> so sorry to contact you on your day off like this. Believe me, if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't. But <laughs> we know you um, put in for PTO, but uh, babes. <laughs> um, but Elena's life is in danger, so we do need you to do this incredibly difficult spell. Yes. You, I'm so, like I said, I wouldn't contact you if it wasn't important. I know this is your time off. I know you value your time being dead, but like, <laughs> we do really need this. I love that that was the only time like Bonnie got like a sense of peace in this world. Like when when she was dead, when she was dead, and then also I think she was having a pretty chill time in the beginning of season six before Kai showed up. Yeah, I think she was having great. a pretty chill time until that moment. They were doing great. Like she was just chilling with Damon. She's like, eh, whatever. 
Yeah, she was like doing crosswords, like having a good time. She was just vibing. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait till we talk about that. Anyway, the like, favorite part of the Vampire Diaries that those like three episodes. Yeah, I love those episodes. Oh God, but it's just poor Davina. Like, but baby, like let her like get some sleep. I know she's been dead, but like let her sleep for like a few seconds. The thing is, like, also then after he. After he asks Davina, or after he decides, he overhears Davina and Cammy talking, and he's like, okay, so I won't ask Davina to do it. First of all, great job, King, on picking up those context clues. But then he goes and he asks some other witch to break the barrier spell, and by the time he does that, it's already high moon or whatever. Like, And there's no point. And there's no point! It's like... He wasted his time trying to get Davina to do something she didn't want to do. Again, and she looks visibly unwell and fucked up in this scene. She looks like she wants to murder somebody. She looks so sad. She is so pale. Her hair is like a little bit out of sorts. Like, shout out to whoever did like the makeup and costuming for Danielle Campbell this episode. She looks visibly unwell. Yeah. But like, and then he goes and he talks to this witch and he makes a deal with her. And for what in the end? Like, for what? Actually. Like, like yeah, no, really but like, for like... what? Like, what does he get out of the deal with Genevieve at the end? Yeah. Besides, he gives her Davina. And for what? Like, everybody knew that the original, that the the spell around the graveyard would break at high moon which is what I'm choosing to call it. Instead of high noon, I'm calling it high moon because I think the it's hilarious. <laughs> and like, but what does he get out of that deal? Nothing. He just gets Nothing. Rebecca out. And then but they, then they still have to deal with Klaus, who is actively running around with an indestructible white oak stake and also has Papa Tunde's blade in his vicinity. So it's kind of like, like, I just don't know what, the point of Marcel's stuff this up is. I almost feel like this episode would have been better if it was truly a bottle episode where you don't see the outside world at all and it's just these siblings like dealing with their problems. Yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like it would be better if we sort of like strategically remove the Marcel and Davina stuff from this up. True. I just think it would be better that way because I truly don't understand what Marcel's doing this whole app. Yeah, he just kind of, he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off doing that yakety sack song. And like, for what, King? Elijah and Klaus are still like pacing around, or Klaus is pacing around outside of one of the tombs while Elijah tries to hold him back from killing Rebecca. And Elijah's like, okay, you've been at this for hours, like to what end? I also like what Elijah says next. He's like, I know you and I grew up fighting you. I can't be beaten, nor can I be persuaded. I like that even though Klaus is a hybrid, Elijah can still kick his ass because he's his big brother. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, it's like, no matter how old older. or how strong you are, you're not going to get past a noogie from your older brother. You're just not. <laughs> I love it. I love this. I just love when, when Elijah just kicks Klaus's ass. It's amazing. Elijah also hits Klaus where it hurts the most. And he says, you should see yourself right now. The murderous expression, the self-righteous posturing, you look like father. 
And this harkens back to the last episode of Originals that we watched where uh, Cammy was like, okay, so if you perpetuate the cycle of abuse, you're no worse than your father. And Klaus Mm -hmm. is like, no, fuck you. (laughs) Um, He again says that sort of like childish, no, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you. He very much like... He says, you know, like, I'm not him. Rebecca's betrayal justifies my anger. His was that of a madman. You were never the recipient of his cruelty. None of you were. Not Cole, not Finn, and none of you. I think you've forgotten what he was truly like. Elijah was like, no, actually, I haven't. Cue the flashback. (laughs) Cue the flashbacks, besties. I love when you can just tell when they're going to do a flashback. It's just, I love it. Yeah, yeah. But I do like... I don't know. Um, I do like this exploration into the family dynamics of the Michelson family when they were still yes. human. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we talked at length last time about how fucking awful Michael was. Like, truly a fucking madman, right? He really was. Is. He's is. not dead. Is he he dead? is currently. Yes. He's currently dead. I'm confused. <laughs> he is currently dead. <laughs> I'm like, where are we again? Is he alive? Is he dead? I don't remember. Um, so we cut back to this uh, flashback of 10th century Mystic Falls where young Elijah and Klaus are in the forest and Elijah's helping Klaus how to shoot a bow and arrow. Uh, Klaus takes aim at a deer and Elijah's sort of like coaching him through it. Klaus shoots an arrow but misses the deer. Gets pretty close to it though. Uh, and Elijah's like, you know, your aim is improving. Uh, and Michael's like, suddenly Michael just like appears out of nowhere and he's like, you encourage him but he grows mo- more pathetic every day. Don't talk back to me, boy. You're not man enough to hold this weapon. If you can't hunt, you're nothing but a burden. Um, it's a shame we can't feed on sad-eyed apologies. It's your one and only skill. Um, he backhands Klaus across the face and then kicks Klaus in the back while he sprawled out on the ground and the little boy groans in pain. Uh, this what? episode is pretty heavy on the uh, familial abuse stuff. If you couldn't already guess that by... Uh, everything we've talked about so far, but belated trigger warning for all of yeah. this, all of this child abuse stuff. Yeah, which it's honestly very sad. Yes, I think it's interesting how even within the family, the the like sibling unit, right? Even within Elijah. Klaus then Rebecca that little unit yeah even within that unit only Klaus really got obviously like the brunt of the abuse although we can I think we can kind of assume that Michael wasn't nice to any of his kids um no I don't think he was either we don't actively see him hitting them however um based on everything we've seen I'm would bet that it happened you know what I mean yeah like if you're willing to go that hard, literally kicking your child while he's on the ground. Yeah. This Which isn't is... a uh, this isn't a video medium, but I did just do a very exaggerated eyebrow movement that was sort of like a <laughs> you see what I mean mm-hmm. here, right? <laughs> like the hmm. So like, I don't know, it's just obviously Klaus suffered the brunt of the abuse. However, none all of them were in that home together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
So there was that. There was that. Back in present day, uh, Klaus Vamp speeds away. Elijah catches up with him again. He's like, I understand your anger, but I implore you, be better than him. Do what he could not. Demonstrate the grace of mercy rather than this petty cruelty. And Klaus has this line of like, you ask me to show mercy to one who has wronged me. You really don't know me at all, do you, brother? We've seen Klaus start to demonstrate grace before in the originals, though. I don't think this is like as outlandish of an ask as he's sort of like making it out to be. Uh, Because he spared, you know, Josh, Thierry, Marcel is a big one. Like, Yeah, Marcel's been spared a lot so far. Klaus is very much like, you ask me to show mercy? I've never done that in my life. And then Elijah can just like, he also Point showed around. mercy to Caroline. Well, Caroline's a different story. But, like, he showed mercy to Caroline, to Tyler, to fucking Tyler. And Tyler went after the baby. Yeah, what like. He, what other mercy has he shown? Tyler him? tried to murder his unborn baby. Like, if Tyler had done that, we wouldn't have legacies. And mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just. I don't know. Klaus is very much like, I'm the bad guy, don't you see? While we have all this evidence of him being not exactly the bad guy anymore. Yeah, which I just I think that's like a fun character trait is he's sort of like clinging to what he knows as he is so obviously changing. He's like, this is who I am. And everybody's like, okay, sure, Klaus. And then when push comes to shove, though, he does forgive. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's kind of like for a thousand years, he's been this mysterious, like, otherworldly force that's been trying to break a cur- the sun and the moon curse but obviously we know that's not what the curse was but like but it was just like all of this like all of a sudden everyone was like ah! and now and no one really fears him because they know what his game was so they're like oh oh okay great and plus now old enemies are coming back to be like hi you're not that bitch yeah, it's just, I don't know, I think it's a very fun sort of, like, character trait for Klaus, where he's sort of, like, clinging to this idea of the bad guy that he is, when really he's not the bad guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I just think it's very fun, and I do like this little bit of, like, character growth. I do love him. I Ooh, I, did I say I love Klaus? I had a stroke for a did. second. <gasps> I... Are you joining me on the Klaus Michelson little meow meow train? <laughs> the very little meow meow train I love when Klaus is Klaus you know what I mean like when he is this like I am the hybrid I can't be killed like kind of thing like when he's like this like I love when he's so self-absorbent but I start, I love him more I think more towards once once uh, spoiler alert once the baby is born which we don't know is happening he becomes kind of a more lovable character for me. Like, yes, yeah. he does some things that are shady, the boots down realness. So, and it's like, oh, babe. I like, hate we gotta... things you say sometimes. Oh, um, I mean, all of that. Like, all of that. Hate it. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Stop Sorry, making I... your fucking weird <laughs> pigeon noises. <laughs> Sorry, can't help it. I'm gay. Anyway. 
Me too, bitch. You don't see me being annoying in public. Yes, but I'm a white gay. I'm a white male gay. We're different. We're bred differently. We're built different. We're built. <laughs> we're, built we're built Ford. We're we're built Ford tough. Um. Um. No, like I just love like how he becomes like this like. He wants to become a better... He starts being like, I want to become a better person. Uh, but yeah, I'm starting to kind of like Klaus because he's starting, he, he's starting to see like he wants to become a better person. But it's going... It's a lot of like... It's We're right now getting to the very like... the We're at the base of the mountain of Klaus's yeah, redemption. Yeah, he doesn't climb. He has a climb it, ahead of him. It is a very uphill climb by Miley Cyrus. Um, <laughs> I was just about to make a Miley Cyrus film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a Miley, it's a Miley Cyrus the climb um but he's it's this is kind of like the episode for me where you start to see where he realizes he can forgive instead of yeah. kill and like I said I enjoy how he tries to put up this front of being the bad guy when really he's like fine I'll forgive my baby sister like he was ever gonna do anything else like okay he just Klaus has the energy to me of like one of those feral cats who starts purring as soon as you pet them. You know what I mean? Like they'll be hissing at you. They'll be hissing up a fucking storm. And then you like scratch them on their little heads and they're like, oh, actually, this is dope. I think that's kind of what Klaus is. Rebecca comes out of the tomb and she's like, my guilt is nothing compared to yours. You want revenge, fine, but I'm going to look you in the eye and tell you why it was your cruelty and your spite that led to this. Rebecca, this episode, banger after banger, consecutive bangers, nothing but bangers in Rebecca Michelson's house right now. Nothing but bangers. She really walks into this, walks out of every tomb imaginable in the Lafayette Cemetery, drops a mic and is like, you want therapy, bitch? Let's do it. Yeah, and I think it's so fun. She walks out of this tomb and is like, actually, fuck you. I'll look you in the eye and I'll tell you it's your goddamn fault. Okay, get us that. Can you imagine how fun it would have been to have Cammie there as a mediator? I think this would have been ruined with Cammie as a mediator. I think this really? is something the siblings needed to work out for themselves. Okay, fair, actually. fair, fair. Because Cammie's been- off playing psychoanalyst to resurrected teen witches. Um, yeah. <laughs> She is what she's known for. It's it's a part of her PhD program. I guess it's her specialty now. Yeah. Um. But like, I I like that this is something like nobody else knows these three people. Like they know each other. Yeah. I I just love. Oh, I just love this episode so much. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> There's so much here. So then let's keep moving. Then let's go. Um, Chug along. Davina, uh, Cami shows up. Uh, to check up on her and um, they have this really like tender hug Um, I love them I I love them I love their dynamic because it's very much like older sister younger sister yeah it's very sibling dynamic like they're very it's very much like Cammie wants to protect Davina and Cammie wanted to show and took Davina out like on her first night out since like wanting to be murdered by a bunch of witches yeah so like Javina and Cammy have like this very like strong bond, which oh I love it. I just think I just love their dynamic, and Davina Same. reveals to Cammy that the ancestors are so angry with her, basically because she they're 
They're yes. shady. The boots down house realness bitches. You gotta stop saying that, Bestie. I can't take you seriously. I mean, I never I, can. No one ever like, takes me it seriously. Really doesn't help. <laughs> um, I. In case you forgot, remember how Davina had to use her magic against the other witches to yeah. alert Marcel whenever they were doing magic, so that she he could kill them. Remember that? Yeah, this is them. Like, oh, but I you also. Did- don't here's the thing uh-huh. i also don't think what she did to Marce with marcel was entirely her fault i don't necessarily no. think she should be punished like she is by the ancestors for this because she is like 16 yes and also, they were going to literally murder her. Again, and- I know all the witches are like, it's chill, don't worry, she would be resurrected. But that's still trauma, like getting murdered at that young age for a ritual? Like, like sure, cool that you'll like, you'll be like, guys, trust me, Pinky, Pinky Swear, I will resurrect you after I kill you. The after I kill you is still like a part of that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, it's, it's, yeah, it's that's traumatic as fuck. Like, do they not remember, like, when, like, they killed the first girl? Like, they all the girls were like, ah, we gotta run! Yeah. And so, like, I don't necessarily... I mean, obviously, I'm gonna yeah. bitch at immortal witch souls or whatever, but, like, <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's Davina's part. Fault. Like, no. yeah, it's not her fault. Again, number one, she is a child. I feel like we cannot... And she's easy, She's at that age where I don't want to underestimate, like, when you're at that young age, you're very easily manipulated by yes. older people. And she was, I think, plain and simple, manipulated by Marcel into doing his bidding, period. Oh, 100%, because he's like, oh, do you know what this means? I saved your life. The witches are the enemy. Help me, help, help me, and I'll help you. It was and- very much, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Yeah, I also, it's just, like, very much, I don't know. It's just, like, I, yes, sure, she is a traitor, et cetera, et cetera. That's also, like, a child. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. kid. It's Send a baby. Send the therapy. Don't, like, do all this. You know what I mean? Which, ther- put her in the chamber to chasse and she'll be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody ever comes out of there fine unless you're uh, Freya Michelson. Then you come out of there incredibly fine. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really into the look of Freya when she's like unhinged and insane. I very much think that's the most attractive she ever looks in this show. I'm sorry. My God. Somebody had to say it. I love it when women look fucked up. <laughs> My God. I love it when women look fucked up and a little insane. There's also one scene later on in like season four or five where like she has like blood on her face or something and i'm like oh that's my kind of woman (laughs) (laughs) where she's like literally axe murdered everyone yeah isn't it the no it's like i think so i feel like a vision or something where maybe she does that and then like blood splatters back onto her face and she like stands there kind of panting with blood on her face i have a very clear visual of it in my head as you can tell (laughs) yeah it's just so hard to know what episode any given picture of Freya comes from because she's always wearing some fucking dumb leather jacket. Anyway, she's oh. my favorite stupid bisexual. I love her. She's not oh, going to be in this show for a while. <laughs> no, we, we, we'll get her soon, though. She's coming. She's coming. Marcel talks with Kieran, and Kieran is super sick, and therefore, 
super sarcastic and bitchy this whole episode and i kind of am into it he only has like one scene and he the whole scene he's like fuck you fuck this fuck everything and i really love that actually yeah so, i love how i love how my one line that stuck out to me was marcel's like of all people that have faith it should be you i was like oh shut up i know just because he's a priest he can lose some faith like yes he believes in also his nephew Jesus. got murdered like a year ago or whatever he it's got like not even ten- and he's going through what a happens. time right now he's kind of like well i just saw a witch. like i had a witch curse me the same way she cursed my nephew and then i had to watch my nephew slit the throat of a bunch of people so how do you think and I'm then doing? himself and then himself like how do you think i'm doing <laughs> like so kieran basically gives us my favorite like sum up of the originals thus far where he's like okay so a century ago you betrayed klaus the most dangerous vampire in history and the only one that can save you is the girl you have locked up in my attic but she's a basket case so really your only help is my niece psychoanalyst to resurrected teen witches and he's so sarcastic because he's just like at that level of pain where he's just like fuck it and he knows he's about to die so he's like yeah i don't give a shit anymore yeah, so Marcel says, you know, like, every spell is a loophole, all right, you of all people should have more faith. And Kieran is like, um, no, actually, I lost my faith when Sean died. Um, there's no hope. Not for you, not for the city, and certainly not for me. Yeah. Um, and Kieran also has this raw fucking line. Where he's like, no, Klaus is going to get out of this trap he's in, and when he does, he's going to find you, and he's going to tear you into pieces. You reap what you sow. <sighs> Now, the love- you reap what you sow through line mm. is all over this show. But oh, so rarely is it applied to Marcel, which I enjoy this here. Yes. Like, there's a whole bunch of times where Klaus's past comes back to bite him in the ass. That's pretty much this entire show is yeah. Klaus's ass coming, Klaus's ass getting bit by his past. Yeah, it's basically like the the sins. It's basically like his sins are like coming back to get it. I'm like what you just said, basically. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I don't, know, I don't know why I do that thing where I say exactly what you say and it is repeated in just different words. Like, I don't know. My brain is currently in like queer nirvana right now. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck your brain is at. It's somewhere. Back in Lafayette Cemetery, Klaus is being dramatic about the trial of Rebecca Michelson. <laughs> I love this he is sitting up on this fucking he's like perched like a fucking bird on top of a tomb as he's pretending to be a judge i'm like this is hysterical this is great he's like a little kid playing pretend and rebecca's like great this is just what we needed she's like we need therapy but no klaus wants to play judge judy i love it Klaus is like, you stand accused of betraying your own blood. How do you plead? And she's like, I plead you to shut the fuck up. (laughs) I wish that they could do, like, they could swear in this show. It'd be hilarious. I wish they could swear. Rebecca I think they dance around it very in, like, fun ways. But I do wish Rebecca could say, I plead you to shut the fuck up and listen. Like, oh. Yes. I just want to hear Claire Holt swear. I think she should get to do that more often. She should, honestly. It's what it's what she deserves. Especially after all that trauma. Especially after all this shit. So Klaus basically sums up everything. Like, you summoned our father. You brought him to our home. What possible defense could you have? Rebecca's like, I knew he was the only thing you feared and I wanted you to run. Klaus is like, oh, because you hated me? And she's like, no, because you were hateful. 
Ooh. Um, and he's like, so that's your defense. You called Michael because I detained you from pursuing some dull suitors, which I think is a fun way to put it. And yeah. it's like, okay, but you were cruel and controlling and manipulative, so we're even, right? Um, and Klaus again pulls this line of like, I wanted to protect you, which again feels very abusive and controlling. I think Jordan yeah. and I kind of talked about this at length before, but like, Klaus is very clearly recreating the cycles of abuse he endured as a child, period. In this oh, 100%. Story. It's like he wants to hold on to the idea of a family that he never really... He didn't have a normal family. Well, obviously, he didn't have a normal family. So he wants to hold on to that, like, normal family-isms. And control that. Like, he wants to control what he... Basically, what he can't control. Yeah, and so she's like, you know, I just wanted you to run so I could be happy with... Marcel. And... That's all she wanted. He's he's like, you know, don't mention his name. Get, he's getting very angry at any mention of Marcel. And she has this line of like, what happened to you? Like, I remember the sweet boy who made me laugh and gave me gifts, who loved art and music. I wanted to be just like you. How could you have fallen so far? And this is so sweet. Oof. It I is. Like we get a lot of acknowledgments of the bad parts of Klaus's childhood, obviously. Um, pretty much everything we see in flashbacks is the bad part of Klaus's childhood. But the like acknowledgement from Rebecca that like he was a sweet little boy who he was. made his sister laugh and gave her little little chess pieces that he carved, like oh he's just a sweet little guy. Like I want like I really wonder like what would have happened if all Klaus got was the love of Michael, like, what Klaus would have been? Well, that also brings up the question, then, would they have become vampires at all? I have a feeling maybe. Because, yes, they became vampires, I mean, I guess, to... Protect themselves against the werewolves after Henrik? Was his name Henrik? Henrik, yes. Yeah, Poor guy. He only got one episode. <laughs> I know. Ripped to that little child actor. He I know. got his I paycheck remember, and left. <laughs> I know. I literally remember, like, during the entire duration of the originals, like, on the wiki, there was, like, comments under, like, ev- the comment section. There was this one person that was like, I think Hendrix coming back. It's like, dude, calm down. <laughs> I think that would be a wild twist, though, right? It would <laughs> be. Like, he'd be, like, the final enemy. He's like, I've been alive this entire time. Final boss. Yeah. <laughs> But no, he he's just dead. He never comes back, by the way. No, no. So if you ever Sorry think to that disappoint Henri- any Henrik stands in the audience. No, the one Henrik stand. <laughs> the one Henrik stand. But like I still think that they would have become vampires still, but the cycle of abuse would not have been as bad. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard. I mean, like if there's no use really like imagining it right but like if michael wasn't as abusive i think there would still be underlying mental health issues like klaus's paranoia and need for control that would have made his life difficult but yeah i don't know as though we would have gotten to this point with him playing judge while 
just judge, jury, and executioner murder that could murder his sister. Yeah, exactly. So Elijah brings up an interesting story that we'll get some um, elucidation on later. But uh, Elijah brings up the fact that like nobody stood by her by your side so long as Rebecca, not even Elijah himself, which I think is really an interesting point, actually. Yeah. Do we ever get? I mean, I assume after Celeste, maybe got killed by Klaus the original time. That's when they sort of split off for a while. I don't. Do we ever? When is the time that Elijah wasn't with Klaus? Uh, do we know. Obviously, Chicago time. Chicago, yeah, but that was like necessary, right? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know if we ever get, like, elucidation on that point. But, I mean, it makes sense, because Rebecca's always been by Klaus's side. Yeah, it's just, we all, we so often see them as, like, a unit. You know what I mean? Like, we see... Yeah, we've never Michaels seen and Klaus siblings. and Elijah together. Like, yeah, they were together, but, like, not like Rebecca and Klaus were. Yeah, we get, I think, more flashbacks of... Well, not anymore, but, like, in the original, or in the Vampire Diaries, we got a lot of klaus and rebecca not a ton of klaus and elijah we got a few maybe yeah really the only that's about it yeah the klaus and elijah episode i can think about is when elijah reveals to elena that the curse is fake that one and then also katarina or Catherine. sorry you know katarina was the episode okay it was katarina katherine or katarina or was it the Um, klaus episode or was it klaus there was a lot of name episodes that season (laughs) Yeah, no, but the Katarina episode had one where it was, like, Elijah introducing Katarina to Klaus, and Rebecca wasn't in that flashback or that episode. I remember that very clearly. Um, Yeah, I do remember that. I don't know. I just, I wish, maybe they mention it later on in the series of when Elijah wasn't with Klaus. It just, he says, you know, nobody stood by your side for so long, not even me. I feel like it's weird that we don't know when that is. Anyway. Um, yeah, that is true. Elijah tells the story of uh, the day that father caught him whittling, caught Klaus whittling little chess pieces with his hunting knife. He beat you so mercilessly and for so long that I actually feared for your life. And Which we go to a flashback. Scene. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, I thought that the scene with with marcel flashback back in the olden days was bad because obviously bad this like took it i'm not like saying that was bad like it just it just shows like how much darker this show is than vampire diaries like like yeah we've seen people get their heads ripped off and like shit like that like i'm not talking about like gore stuff but this is just like like emotional trauma like yeah. oh shit like the fuck yeah so this one is um this one is a lot so basically yeah. Mar- michael is beating the shit out of out of klaus um this is one of them where it's slightly forward in time i believe because they're almost fully grown because the actors cuz joseph and claire and daniel are there playing their younger counterparts um I think it's like when like they're teenagers before yeah, like a I, few episodes, a few episodes. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> a few years before like they turn. Rebecca runs into the room with Michael's sword in her hands, aiming it at her father. Uh, and she yeah. yells like, stop it, stop it. I won't let you hurt him anymore. And Michael is like, you stand against me for him. Uh, and Michael angrily grabs a sword from Rebecca's hand and leaves. It's just, I think a lot of these flashbacks too are colored by the way that whoever is the origin of the flashback remembers it happening. So maybe there was more pushback from his siblings than a lot than Klaus remembers when we get these flashbacks. Like maybe, mm. um, maybe Elijah did try more than we see him to quell Michael's rage. Maybe, um, I I just think there's an interesting reading of the originals where who is delivering the flashback, who is the origin of the flashback point, their memory colors their experience. And yeah. so they don't remember things in the same way than their other siblings would. You know what I mean? I think there's like an interesting reading of the vampire diaries and the originals in there somewhere um, where it's more skewed towards whoever is telling the stories kind of bias. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, and, and, and here I am referencing legacies again. Fucking god, uh, I'm kidding. But it actually, it's relevant. It's relevant. It's relevant. It's relevant. In the Comic Con trailer, or I think in the pilot, I'm not sure which one. I think it was in the trailer, like the Comic Con trailer, where they had like that nice, like Hope monologue, like detailing what the show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Hope says, "Um, there are heroes, there are villains. The only real difference is is just who's telling the story." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and she grew up like on that. She grew up n- hearing stories that her father, Klaus Michelson, is the great evil. But from her perspective, he was a dad. Yeah. Who protected her. And it's like the same thing with like Damon. Like, I know, don't defend uh, Damon. Uh, but here we go. Uh, here, here's my here's my one Damon defense of the month. Um <laughs> it's like we hear things about Damon being like this evil bastard, which he is. Um, (laughs) But like at the same time, if you look at it from Damon's perspective, he's doing it because of love that betrayed him. And that could be easily said for anyone else. It's all about perspective. Like you said, like, I don't, I, I, I would love to see this for like, from an outsider's perspective, like our perspective, like we're seeing everything and getting the story, like, put pieces together but like if you think about it like think season two like when we're hearing about klaus being this great evil and like wanting to kill elena for to make him the vampire werewolf hybrid and then all of a sudden season three we see klaus and he is brought down so easily by the idea of his of his father just coming to mystic falls like so it's just Mm -hmm. like it's just like you think you know the story, but you don't. Yeah, and I maybe I might look into this as some sort of like video essay because it is interesting to examine whose flashbacks they are and what story they're telling. Yeah, because there's a lot of flashbacks, and I know later on in Vampire Diaries where we kind of see some more shit happen to Damon that that doesn't really justify what he does. But it shapes his, who he becomes, kind of. Kind of like with Klaus as well. 
like we kind of get to see more and understand like from different flashbacks from different perspectives of people that aren't like so let's say like like rebecca like doing a flashback about klaus turning evil she's like oh but he's evil Ah." but like from klaus's perspective he's doing the right thing like that's what he thinks he's doing and then this actually does referencing the red door again (laughs) king your door your door is open Uh, the red door is open anyway like we we thought we knew one version of that story and then all of a sudden we get the truth yeah remember so like yeah i just really enjoy i just really enjoy uh flashbacks I do, and I think they're interesting. I do. I do love when the flashbacks kind of reveal, like, how long have we thought that Catherine was just Elena's doppelganger that fell in love with the brothers, betrayed them, we didn't know, but then all of a sudden, we get more flashbacks, and all of a sudden, she's a vampire, and she's going to kill everybody. And yeah. ca- and suddenly, Catherine's evil, and we all thought Catherine would be good. Did anybody ever think Catherine was good? I felt like it was fairly obvious that they were saying I Catherine think it was, but just, for, like, but just for the sake of the argument. <laughs> because Elena's good. Huh? Well. <laughs> In her well, own way. Elena's about as good as any woman on a CW show can be. Which is to say that she's genuinely a good character for a few seasons. And then <laughs> she's she genuinely off good. off a cliff. Almost off a cliff. Then she climbs back up the cliff. She's like, "I'm okay." But is she? No. Yeah. And, she just. Um, Klaus is like on some shit this episode. He really is. Like he's getting presented like with all these facts that like Rebecca and Elijah care about him so much, and he's like, "But you betrayed me, Uno, one time." And, and so like, sure, you have it to was die bad, but. Like, I don't know. God, he's, you really see the paranoia in this episode. So yeah. Klaus, as soon as we get out of that flashback, Klaus is like, oh, so you would paint her as the loyal sister. Like, no, he's not painting her that way. She is that way, bestie. Um, yeah. It's like, but maybe she betrayed me out of lust for Marcel. Okay. Uh, I use words like lust here, bestie. This is a courtroom in your mind. This is a courtroom. <laughs> the stenographer, like on the sidelines is like, what the fuck? Yeah, the court (laughs) reporter is like typing rapidly like this is the best shit I've heard in my entire life. (laughs) And that Um, courtroom reporter was named Michael Narducci. (laughs) (laughs) And that man's name, Michael Narducci. (laughs) (laughs) And Julie Plex sitting by like being like, write that down, write that down. Write that down, write that down now. (laughs) So... Klaus is like, you know, perhaps I might temper my rage if Rebecca will admit she was a victim of her own idiocy, that her great love, Marcel, used her to oust this family and take my city. And <sighs> Rebecca's immediately like, no, actually, no. <laughs> she, she just is like, I wanted you to run, you dumbass. And eventually their back and forth reaches a point where Rebecca just like angrily screams. Uh, I was the one who brought him to New Orleans because of your wickedness. I wanted love and happiness, and you denied me the freedom to have either. Yikes. Yes, I hated and I was afraid of our father, but he was a lesser evil than you. My bastard brother who loomed over me, threatening me as you wanted. I wanted rid of you, and given the choice, I'd do it again. 
Rebecca! Oh. Rebecca! I Girl. she basically just said, you know what, bitch? I'm good. I would kill you if I had the chance. And she kind of does have the chance now with the White Oak Stake back in play. The way that Rebecca's like, I hated and I was afraid of our father, but he was the lesser evil than you. Yeah. Oof! That's a punch to the gut if I've ever heard one. It really is. Like, can you imagine your own sister saying that to you? Or just someone you love saying that you are you are the greater evil than someone yeah. who's equally as evil. Like Because Klaus oh like thinks God. abuse means like verbal not verbal, like physical abuse. Like he'd never physically abused his siblings, which he kind of did by daggering them. But like that's what he thinks abuse is, but he's like mentally abused them. Yes. And gaslit them for centuries. Klaus coined the phrase the phrase gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Cause he is a feminist after all. He is, you know, the original feminist, obviously. He is, obviously. Uh-huh. Actually, no, sorry. Elijah's the original feminist. Oh no, it was Elijah. Elijah. So sorry. Sorry, sorry, yes. Elijah founded feminism. <laughs> well, Rebecca founded it. Elijah was the first one. <laughs> Elijah coined the phrase. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so Klaus lunges at Rebecca and is about to stake her in the heart Elijah tackles him when they get back to their feet Elijah has both Papa Tunde's blade and the white oak stake yikes 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 the way he holds these like dual wielding fucking fantasy daggers is hysterical to me it's so funny this man is acting like a D&D 5th edition rogue while he's dressed in a suit that costs more than I make in a year like oh my god <sighs> Elijah I love Elijah sometimes he's so most of the time funny He's such he just really a weird is. dude. <laughs> He's such just a weird dude. Um, we go back to St. Anne's Church where Cammie's like trying to diagnose and help Davina. And uh, they have a little spat. Davina points out that she knows that the first thing Marcel wants to do when she's back now is to help Rebecca. And um, she's like, be honest, Cammie. Isn't there something you want to? There is. Uh Cammy wants her to heal her uncle, but um, Cammy's like, that's not why I'm here, though. I care about you. I want to help you. Uh, and outside of the room, they show Mar- Marcel standing, looking so guilty. <laughs> it's like which I kind of love, and I kind of wish that they had saved this for Bonnie. When well, they kind of do actually give Bonnie this kind of scene later on, because it yeah, they kind of do. Never mind, I lied. Uh, anyway. Okay. Retract. They, I just remembered they do. It just clicked in my brain for some reason. Um, where Bonnie kind of snaps and is like, "How dare you try to use me again?" As she uh, should. And, as she does, and it's great. Um, but it's just Davina. As we said earlier, Davina literally has just come back from the dead. Give her a minute to like get her affairs in order. Maybe take a nap, watch some Love Island. Who knows? Love Island has never made anybody feel better in the history of time, actually. I don't know. It was just, it was the first, like, reality TV show. She's one, she, she wants to watch Drag Race. <laughs> she wants to watch that one really good season of Celebrity Big Brother, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's the only 
reality TV I watch is Celebrity Big Brother. And there was one very good season. If you guys haven't seen, what is it, Celebrity Big Brother, what is it, 17? Watch it. It's very fucking funny. Mm. Sorry. I just, (laughs) I watched all of that in like a week. It was a lot. (laughs) Um, Rebecca and Marcel have a convo about how like, Marcel needs to run. When the moon reaches its apex, Klaus will be free and he will do to you what he's going to do to me, only worse. Go now and don't look back. So Marcel knows that at high moon, (laughs) Klaus and everybody's out. Like, it's just, what does he have to gain from this little scene later that we'll cover now where he talks to Genevieve and he's like, so here's the deal. The vampires stay out of the cauldron, no more executions. And he's like, and then she's like, okay, cool. If you want my help lowering that spell, why does he need to do that again? You're going to have to give us Davina. Hey, why does he need to lower the spell? He knows it's high moon, besties. Come on. Yeah, I'm really loving he, the phrase high moon right now, actually. It really is a cool, it's a, it's like, it's like different midnight. Like it's like high midnight. It's high moon. High it's moon. high moon, baby. Um, but like I get what you're like I get like where like Rebecca not Rebecca Marcel thinks that if he does this he can get Rebecca out out of there quick enough but it's like it doesn't matter at this point she's stuck she's stuck with her two brothers one who's murderous and one who's trying to play Switzerland like there it's just let them do their thing and move on I feel like maybe there was a scene I feel like maybe there was a few scenes that they were debating cutting involving Marcel and I feel like they might have cut the wrong Marcel scene and the you know got got left on the uh, cutting room floor you know what I mean Yeah like I just probably. don't know why this scene why this the Genevieve and Marcel scene exists besides to get Davina over to the witches but like Yeah I think it was just kind of more like a transitional part it's like the transition like, okay, us into the like, next. Why? <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, who knows? Whatever. <laughs> um, Elijah and Klaus continue to fight. Like Elijah's like, I only have the stake to keep it away from you. Papa Tune's blade is just my insurance. So they're playing a very brotherly game of keep away. Yeah. And eventually. Klaus is like, Rebecca's always hated me. You know that's true. And Elijah's like, you're fucking stupid. She tried to kill our father for you. She tried to murder Michael for you. This reveal was interesting, to say the least. This reveal is buck wild, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, even after it all, I don't actually know if it's a true thing that happened or if it's something Elijah is making up in the moment. Because he says, like, you know, it's the truth, I was there, and she would have done it all to protect you had I not stopped her. I often wish that I could revisit that moment, complete the task myself. Um, And, like, Klaus's question is, why are you telling me this now? Good question, Klaus. I feel like I would have led with this, you know? Yeah. This is like my star evidence. Like, I would have been like, hey, Rebecca didn't actually 
Rebecca actually wanted to help you. And it's just, Klaus is so deep in this sort of like self-hating meta-narrative that he's written in his head that all of his siblings really do secretly hate them, even though, you know, they prove time and time again that they love him to a point of exhaustion. Yeah. And I feel like I would have maybe led with led this with, one. Led with the, this yeah, one, like this is really burying the lead, I think, actually. This one yeah, I this, think is a little burying the lead. <laughs> <laughs> this is kinda like Elle Woods comes in later on and she's like, the perm. <laughs> like that this thing like, this thing makes or breaks the case. It's just very weird that this is your like ace attorney, like third day twist. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's just It's know. very like out of left field and it's like, oh, but like as a viewer, you're kind of like, oh. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? You're like, oh, but like the me the writer brain in me is like, why? Like, why this? Like all of a sudden. Like, why not? Yeah, it feels very sudden and I like I don't know. Like, it kind of feels like one of those things to, like, kind of, like, help Rebecca's case a little. Well, obviously, like what you said, like, yeah. Obviously, yeah. It's their, like, it's their ace attorney case. for day twist. And, like, I don't know. It's just, to me, if I was playing Rebecca's defense, I would have mentioned this, like, first. Yeah, I would have had, I would have, like, instead of Elijah revealing this, I would have liked Rebecca to have revealed this. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of, like. But, like, honestly, then we would have gotten the good scene that we got later on. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have been nice to have her say it, like, like after all is said and done. Like, she says, I tried to kill him. Elijah I, wouldn't let me. I would have almost liked if he would have found this out from not... From not either of his siblings. Yeah, like, he just found it out. Like a I diary would have liked entry if he or had, or if he had like dived into their minds and done that weird vampire mind trick or whatever. That I would have been like cool. that. I think a little more because right now I genuinely do not know to this day if this is a true story by Elijah or if this is something I have, making up. I'm ninety nine percent sure it's real. Like it I, actually. I, I have to assume it is since Elijah told Klaus that it's the truth. But it also would make a lot of sense to me if this was. A fake story they made up to quell Klaus's rage. You know what yeah. I mean? It could have been. It could have been that as well. And anyway, uh, Elijah's like, you know, sometimes our sister acts without thinking. She's qu- short of temper. She's quick to fall in love, but she loves you. Your malicious treatment has broken her heart. So yes, she responded by summoning our father. Yes, that was a mistake. I'm not entirely sure I can blame her. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. Spicy. It really... I... I can't blame her. Him. I can't blame her for summoning your father. Like, wow. I can't blame her either. Like, she wanted to be free and the only means to an end to get Klaus to run was... Michael, like there was nothing that was going to get Klaus to run away from New Orleans. Because he had it literally under his thumb and he was like, nothing will get me away from this. Rebecca knew the one way and she's like, let's do it. 
Yeah, like, I just... Damn, I can't say I blame her. I don't either. Damn. Brutal thing to hear from your brother. Like, huh? if you think about it, like, if this is the only... Like, if you were in an abusive anything, which I'm not saying this is, like, the way out. There are many ways out. Um, I'm trying not to get canceled here. <laughs> Remember how I said I want to get canceled last time? I actually <laughs> don't want to get canceled. Please don't cancel me. Um... But like this well, was we're Rebecca's about a TV show, so I think you are probably okay. I think I'm yeah. This was Rebecca's way out. Yeah, she knew this was a means to an end. She knew it would cause Klaus to run, and she knew that she would stick with Klaus no matter what. After that, she would stick with him. But like how she thought this would get Klaus to run away from New Orleans, and that she would stay in New Orleans with Marcel. Yeah. She didn't think that this would tear down everything. Yeah, she didn't she want she didn't want to ruin the family. Michael. She didn't want to ruin the family. She just wanted Klaus to run. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. She wanted Klaus out of her life. And like and that's she, so sad that their relationship got to that point. Right? Yeah. But I also have to again say that like Klaus really did recreate that cycle of abuse with Rebecca. He did. Right. He did re- he did recreate it. We can't you can't ignore that part of it, right? And that sure Rebecca's action is drastic, right? Like Yes, it was very it's very much like, oh like you, you I can't date this guy. Let's bring back our abusive father. <laughs> it's it's drastic, but put in the context of their relationship and the fact that she is genuinely in love with Marcel and always has and always will be yeah. is like yeah okay actually like i get it i get it too like people move countries to to avoid abusive family yeah like people move countries yeah and rebecca calling their murderous father i can't say that i blame her and i can't say that it was a bad move i think it was objectively a really good move it's a smart move, honestly. And in the long run, if they, if you're playing, it's like they're playing. They've been doing this game for like a thousand years. They can't be like, "He called you fat, run!" Like they can't do that. Like to get away from each other. This like yeah. they are immortal vampires. They literally cannot be killed. But I can kind of see fiercely from- codependent. Absurdly yes. so, actually. Codependency which is I feel like crutch. that is not something that we can overlook entirely, is that they are fiercely codependent. Mm-hmm. As it is said later, they curse themselves with always and forever. Yeah. Yeah. Always and forever is their blessing and their curse. Because they know that no matter what, they'll always have each other. But in the end, it's going to be their downfall. Yeah. Which no matter which we will get into on season three of the originals. <laughs> yeah, we will certainly get into that. Yeah. Um because always and forever, I love how like no ma- like that one like little like line that was put in in that one episode of Vampire Diaries, like always and forever we'll be together. It's now become like, of course, the family motto. And also but, like, it, curse. But like the second they join those hands over the burnt over the corpse of their mother and said that they were doomed from the start, no matter what happened. Because they said that we would stick together no matter what. And through them sticking together, 
no matter what, they ruined each other. Yeah. And I just But at this but at the same time, it brought them back together. It's well one the one thing that brought them back together was hope. Literally. Literally yeah. and figuratively. <laughs> and figuratively. And they really I feel like they hammer in that concept later. There's a song yeah. that they have like a hope will bring us together or whatever in the lyrics, and I'm like, okay, I get it. The baby's name will be Hope. I understand. Like, <laughs> Anyway, uh, Klaus stabs Elijah with Papa Tunde's blade. Yikes! Rip. Uh, and Rebecca's like, I don't want you dead. I wanted you to run. And Klaus is like, liar, you wanted revenge. Which, again, he's completely projecting onto her. And she's like, you drove me to betray you, and now you want to twist it and make it worse so you can justify killing me instead of accepting your own fault. Men, accept your own faults. Challenge yeah. 2022. Accept your own faults, besties. Like, you could have been happy for us, but instead, in your paranoia, you feared losing us both. And because of that, you did. There's no one else to blame, Nick. Only you. Yikes. Yikes on bikes. Yikes on bikes, besties. Yikes. (laughs) But I kind of love that Klaus, when Rebecca, like, takes that moment before you know what we'll get there in a second and she just kind of realizes yeah maybe i did want you dead yeah i feel like that was the one thing that klaus needed to hear but i also don't know maybe i'm not mentally ill enough for this but i don't know why you needed to hear that sometimes i will actually admit that there was a time where sometimes you need to hear the guard a hard truth about yourself like and maybe you're a fucking nightmare enough that you yeah made your because there were times that where i've had to admit that the things that i have done in the past have been like horrible hey therapy time woohoo um (laughs) welcome to therapy time with brian um uh where you basically have to admit something about yourself like i um i'm not gonna say specifically what but like where I had to admit that I was doing these problematic things and that the only way I could get better was kind of to admit that and kind of go and put myself at that rock bottom and so I could get back up. And I think for Klaus, he kind of needed to hear Rebecca say, you wanted me dead. And Rebecca had to admit, maybe I did. And it's kind of like, they kind of come to an equal understanding of like this. We can't do this. Like you and me together bad. And it's just, Ooh, love it. Because this scene made me scream loudly. Yeah. And we don't even get to that part of this scene yet. Oh, I thought we did. Was that? No, you, My you're ahead of somewhere. us. My brain went somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, no, but you you were skipping over the Marcel Genevieve scene that we talked about earlier that makes no oh. sense in the grand scheme of things. And then yeah. we go to the scene. Then we, <laughs> then we, we to go the to scene. the scene that you're losing your mind about where um, Klaus is basically like, admit that you wanted me dead. And he says it's like, he says it and gets in her face like repeatedly. 
He's like, yeah. admit it. You wanted me dead. Admit it, admit it, admit it. And eventually she's like, yeah, maybe I did. And you can just kind of see the heartbreak in her eyes, like, in her face. Like, when she realizes, like, oh, shit, maybe I did want you dead. Maybe I wish that I Michael actually I also don't know as though you. she wanted him dead until this moment. Yeah, I think it was kind of a realization for her. She kind of realized, she thought, to, she just thought that maybe, oh, this way I Klaus to run. But in the long run, maybe deep, deep down, she wanted Klaus dead. Yeah, and I don't think she ever realized that until this moment where she was like, this is the first moment that I consciously think and maybe things would be better if you had died. Like, that's yeah. harsh. It is harsh. Because then she could have bet it would have taken Michael off the off the pl- off the chessboard. He would have been gone out of their lives for good. And Rebecca would have been able to, to live that life that she's always dreamed about. She kind and they think about that. Not only that, also the um the whole curse thing would be over. <laughs> the whole curse actually... thing would be great. Yeah. Exactly. The whole curse thing would have happened. But like I don't know. I just I think because then what happens next? Hmm. Take it. Take it. You tell me. I will tell you. Uh Klaus takes the white oak stake and stabs Rebecca with it in the heart. Yikes. When when I tell you, because there were rumors going around at this point that Claire Holt was leaving the originals. Because this is technically her last episode ever of the originals as a series regular. Yeah. Very much like, but like, this isn't her last episode. Like, this is kind of like her closure episode as a main character. It's because Claire Holt herself wanted to move on. She also had kids around this time. I think she was getting married at this time. Something like that. Yeah. Because the kids are still babies right now. Yeah. But like she said, like, oh, I'll come back from time to time. Like, don't worry. Like, I love Rebecca. But like she can't do it full time anymore. Yeah. But that was really like what it was. The same thing, and I think mirrors today with Kaylee Bryant. Like, she's like, I just can't do this full time anymore. Like, I'm moving on from Josie. Yeah. And, and as she's like, you she's should. like, you know, once you've As you should, like sometimes you know years, you need yeah. to do that. <laughs> the scream I let out when Klaus full-on stabbed Rebecca. Yeah. I legitimately thought this was it. And, like, I legitimately was like, am I watching my favorite character die right now? Not even in a finale. Because, like, in Vampire Diaries rules, main character deaths happen in the one-off chance happen when, like, with Vicky's death happened literally seven episodes in. Yeah. But that was because they wanted to show that no one is safe. And then they like proceeded to make everybody safe for like safe. the next yeah. season. Until <laughs> Jenna. Uh-huh. And then like basically main character deaths are reserved for like season premieres, season finales, mid-season finales. Like those major deaths are reserved for that. This was not the mid-season finale. This wasn't like a finale or anything. It felt like a finale. Um, this is just episode 16 of a 20 This is episode 16. Yeah, yeah we have six more episodes episode season. Like, it's wild, right? Yeah, and it's like, you're th- and you're going through the, like, the I went through the, like, 
the range of grief, like the stages of grief in this moment. I was like, no, Rebecca can't be, t- no, she's fine. No, he missed, which he did. Thank God. On purpose. But, <laughs> on purpose. But like in that moment, you see your favorite character gets killed, like staked by the one thing that can kill them. And you're, and you go like, oh shit. Like, do the writers actually have the balls to have Klaus kill Rebecca? Because if Klaus had killed Rebecca, he would have been gone at that point. There would have been no way for redemption for him. Like, even, like, not even Haley would forgive him for that. And Haley forgives him for a lot. And it's just... But then when we come back from the break, like, we're instantly told, like, hey, Rebecca's fine. Which, yeah, thank she's God. like, you missed. <laughs> thank God. Because if they had, like, played that out yeah, for, like, longer, I would not know of what to do. I would not know what to do in that moment. I would have been like, is Rebecca okay? Is she dead? Is she gone? Because we all know what happens when an original dies. Their whole line goes to... Their bloodline dies with them. So, like, you got to think at this point, like, who's in whose bloodline at this point? Like, yeah, could Klaus have been lying? So I think, like, they they played with killing the originals a lot in this in this series. And it gets to a point where it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, But, like, it just is like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can we not do this? Because it not only affects this show, if you, let's say, kill off Klaus, it would affect the fucking vampire diaries <laughs> and everyone would die so you're kind of in that moment like <laughs> and then she's fine and, and then she's, she's fine like, uh and she's like she reminds klaus is like i love my family you and elijah i loved all of you and he's like i know i can be difficult but i did not make myself this way it was michael who ruined me which klaus you have to take some responsibility at some point yes and I think this episode is a big part of like where he does start to take responsibility. It's just this line is really like, okay, uh-huh, and your excuses. Um, <laughs> but Rebecca hits him back with like the, he ruined me too. That's what you forget. Centuries later, each of us is broken. I feel like she says this monologue a few different times in the show. She, I feel like centuries later, each of us is broken. I feel like she says that line a few times in the show. Um, but she's yeah. like, you with your anger and paranoia, me with my fear of abandonment, and poor Elijah, uh, who, by the way, still has Papa Pooji's blade. She, like, looks over, and he's just laying on the ground, like, okay, well, maybe you should fix that a little bit. Um, like, should we get rid of the, take the blade out, buddy? Like, we should we involve him in this chat? <laughs> he dedicates himself to everyone but himself. We are the strongest creatures in the world, and yet we are damaged beyond repair. We live without hope, but we never die. We are the definition of cursed, always and forever. Hey guys, did you know they're gonna name the baby Hope? Hey guys, hey guys, did you know that? Yeah, this was kind of like when <laughs> I will admit when we get to that episode. Obviously, I have I remember when they said her name is Hope, and I was like. <laughs> so fucking stupid now i love it and it is no to be stupid but i love it at the same time because it makes total sense like what were they gonna name her esther like yeah exactly like hope is a beautiful name because hope literally like since the beginning literally since the beginning of this episode of the series the vampire diaries 
Elijah said, this baby is our hope to get our family back together, to bring us together once more and fix everything to start anew, like to start our family over again, to fix this. And just, oh, I love this show. This show. God, this show beginning to end. It's just beautiful. It's really good. And it just, it also makes you think like when Elijah does something for himself, people, like you would think that that'd be selfish, but you're like, no, he deserves that. The one time where he says like, I want this and he does it. But it also, the things that they say, like Rebecca says, like, Klaus's anger and paranoia, Rebecca's fear of abandonment, and Elijah's dedication to everyone but himself, they all kind of resolve those three issues. Those There are three of them. They resolve those issues by the end of the series. Like, at one point or another. Yeah. And it's just, like, this is kind of, like, where we get to see, like, Klaus is always going to be paranoid that someone's always after him. But then he gets to a point where he realizes that no one's really after him. Except he created these enemies. Yeah. And that he can take care of it. And Rebecca realizes like she doesn't need to feel abandoned. She knows that she has a family. She knows that she has people that love her and that they're never going to leave her. And Elijah fucking takes a spa day for himself. (laughs) And he finally puts like, and he dedicates and puts himself first instead of putting Klaus's needs first. So it's just when we like this whole series, like this is kind of like the mission statement for the three of them to fix this and to fix always and forever. Cause right now it's always and sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like last episode, last episode of the originals, we really got that thesis statement of the whole show where it's like all about yeah. the cycle of abuse and how they learn to overcome that. And I think this is like very much building on, this is their introductory paragraph. You know what I mean? Like, this yes. is it. This is where the show is going to start to kick into gear. Yes. Uh, so at St. Anne's Church, Marcel and Cammie have this talk. Um, and Cammie is like, hey, maybe we should get Davina actual help. Maybe like an institution where she can get round the clock care and medication. And Marcel kind of is like, socks. no, no, no. She stays in a place like that. She is never getting out. It's like, Marcel, you could, you, you, you could do this, though. You could hire, like, three nurses and a therapist. Like, you could do this, my guy. You have so much money, probably. Or you could just go in and compel a doctor to let her leave. Yeah, like, okay. I mean, we know that Marcel is really against the idea of Davina going anywhere because he's about to turn her over to the witches who, again, kind of hate her. But, like, Marcel, it's not a scary, bad thing to go into an institution if you need it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get cool socks. You get fun socks. Yeah. And also, like, help that you desperately obviously need. <laughs> that too. That too. But also, I can kind of see, like, where he's saying, like, putting Davina in a place like that, with her emotions being tied to her magic, who knows? But I also... I feel like... institutions get a really bad name especially in this show like Mm. way they get a way bad name in this show because we do see uh which hell basically is an institution um but like 
they get a real bad they get a real bad name and i feel like that's not necessarily earned yeah there should be a place where witches can go uh, but it's like an insane asylum oh, i wonder what a kind of place like that would be like that's the bad place that we talked about no that the good place is a show no <laughs> darling I, i'm joke. i was being like dessert, like oh like what kind of place would that be like where it's only witches we all know we, if you, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> basically marcel is going to take her back to her people whether she likes it or not yeah way to care about what women want marcel Good yeah guy. maybe davina doesn't want that but mm. lafayette cemetery Klaus finally removes the blade from Elijah's chest and he's like, now we're even. Which, mm, it's not even. Back at uh, Genevieve's shop, Marcel completes his deal with Genevieve and um, she explains like, Marcel asks if she can fix the priest and she's like, ooh, a hex like that? If it's had time to take root, no one doing it. Sorry. Um, yikes. I love it. And, um, Genevieve, at the end of the scene, I really like it. She smirks and says, you know, like, Marcel, it's over. You lost. Try and have a little dignity. Uh, because really, he has. He did a stupid thing. And I don't know why he thought this would work, but, you know, whatever. Take the L. Take the L and go, Marcel. Yeah. Um, at the cemetery, Klaus says this very poignant line about, you said our father ruined us, and I can't help but wonder, what if his father ruined him? Hey, guys, did Ooh. you know this show is about the cycle of abuse? Hey, guys. Hey, guys, did mm. you know? Did you know? The show Especially is about the in cycle Vikings. Of it's about that cycle of abuse uh, that men often perpetuate with their families. And let's the Vikings. Pretend, let's not pretend it's just a, the Vikings. This is... It's the Vikings, Hinga Dinga Durgan. Nope, it's an (laughs) endemic problem in society and the way that we treat men and their emotions. Yes. Klaus says, what's done is never done. It remains with us. It's a story we tell ourselves so we know who we are. Vicious father, bastard son, and the sister who betrayed him. Perhaps it's time for a new story. What do you want, Rebecca? I love this little line. Like I do. It's a story that we tell ourselves so we know who we are. Ooh, get it. Like, okay. Speak the, your story shit, of, the story of my life. Say, uh, 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 <laughs> this is where One Direction it. got the idea for it. We need to finish this episode. We've been recording We'd... for nearly two hours. Have we really? We, well, we've been talking about a lot of good stuff, though. It's been an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> I just ordered pizza. I'm really happy for you, actually. There's Thank still you so, so much, much. On this episode left. Klaus, the gist of this scene is that Klaus lets Rebecca go. He's like, Which, I mean, yeah, good for you're him. You're free. Wow. Like, let Rebecca go. Let her have her life. Let her have her life. This is all she ever wanted, really. And it feels kind of bittersweet, but you can also tell that Rebecca's excited. Yeah, it's very much like it's an open-ended ending. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the ending of Rebecca 
Rebecca's big story that she's had since season three of Vampire Diaries. Yeah, she's finally out from under her brother's shadows and she's gonna party. So um, back at the plantation house, uh, we cut to commercial and we come back and then back to at the plantation house. uh, Rebecca's rounding up the last of her possessions in the burnt shell of the old plantation house when Elijah finds her and they are like, they have this little moment and um, she's like, maybe somewhere deep down, Klaus is the brother we once knew. And Elijah's like, yep, yeah. very deep. <laughs> and He's like, well, I'm going to take a shovel. <laughs> I got to get my digging equipment. And Rebecca just yeah. asks Elijah to help Klaus find his way, which I think is very sweet. Yeah. Um, And way more grace than I would give to anybody who tried to murder me, whether they are my sibling or not. But yeah, I feel like for them, though, this is normal. Yeah, this is like <laughs> this is like over Thanksgiving dinner. Back. They've tried to kill each other. In yeah. Christmas a couple of times. But um, back at the Michelson compound. I love this. This scene is fun. So uh, Klaus returns home to find Marcel and the rest of the vampires are like all congregated in the courtyard. And. Klaus is like, is there a fucking reason that you're doing this here? Like, why are you all in my house? <laughs> hey, this is my house, not yours. Please, GTFO. <laughs> yeah, and so Marcel is like, you know, this is my town. You may want me to beg for forgiveness, but I'm not sorry. I may not have the ability to beat you, but I came here to face you, to end this in front of my people. If you're going to kill me for that, get on with it. And Klaus really looks like he's going to say some shit for a second, and then... He just ends up, like, walking away and and walking up the stairs. Yeah. And everybody is looking around like, hey, what the fuck? When Elijah walks into the courtyard, vamp speeds over to Marcel, throws him up against the wall, and then it's just like, good evening. I trust I need no introduction. Your privileges here have been revoked. Marcel, out of respect for my sister, I will grant you this one mercy. I will allow you to keep your life. However, you are hereby exiled. If I so much as find a trace of you in the French corner, it will not end well for you. Do you understand? That's this, all. Run along. And all the vampires, this, like, file out. <laughs> They're like, okay, we're getting going. Yeah. This is the Elijah I fell in love with. This like, is, yes, exactly. This is the this Elijah is the- that I love. Where he's just like, hey, by the way, I'm a badass. And also leave <laughs> and they do like remember like remember his entrance in um season two of vampire diaries where he just waltzed in was like he's like oh rose i forgive you la 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 and then killed trevor like instantly yeah like he just he's a man of his word and that's why i love elijah so like and they, everyone knows this elijah is a man of his word if you cross him you fucked and so i think those vampires know like Let's go. Like fangs between their like fangs like undrawn. They're like, okay, gonna go. Alright, we're just gonna bounce then. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry we crashed. Sorry, mom. We broke in the liquor cabinet. <laughs> Which makes me wonder how big is the liquor cabinet at the Michelson compound? Oh, it is like an entire like, floor in the basement. Oh, I would love to go there. Um, Klaus says some witty line about Elijah beginning to sound like him. Yikes. Yikes. Um, <laughs> then we go back to the the 
plantation house again where Rebecca is meeting with Marcel. Yeah. And, um, they have this like tender goodbye. And um, it's really nice. Basically, she's like, goodbye, Marcel Gerard. Do try and stay alive. Which love it. I love it. They're so they're sweet. I know I'm... their whole thing is like a little weird. Yeah. It's a little you know <laughs> pseudo incesty kind of, but not really, but kind of. But I they are so sweet. More? Yes. It's very much a long burn, like a, a long, a slow, slow burn, burn is what you mean. A, a slow burn sp- is what you mean. Well, a slow burn, but it's longer. No. <laughs> but it feels longer. Do you know what a slow burn is? Uh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not the one talking, bestie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I said shit, fuck I'm you! Crying. I'm crying now, being bullied. This is the cycle of abuse on the Afterbite podcast. <laughs> so I bully you for not knowing what a slow burn is. Yes. And then you bully me by saying terrible white gay things at me. Yes! <laughs> I actually like, jumped halfway through that. Rebecca makes a pit stop at the bayou before leaving town. And she Which, talks good for her. to Haley. Yeah. Um, Haley's like, what happened to all of us girls sticking together? And she's like, well, Nick came to, Nick and I came to a sort of all or nothing arrangement. Uh, and Haley says this witty line about a thousand years with Klaus. I guess you deserve a free vacation day. And really, this is just Rebecca taking PTO. She's like, it hey, really guys, is. She's collecting it. I'm, <laughs> I've been collecting this for about a thousand years. I'm going goodbye. Like, good for her. Rebecca also says this line, this this line that she says to Haley, where she's like, "About Nick, he is a monster. Do not ever cross him. But he does want more from life than to just be feared. He's too broken to find it himself. But I do believe there's hope for him in the baby that you carry." And speaking of your child, our family has no shortage of enemies. She will inherit all of them please be careful which rings so true so true to this day literally to this day it's a whole point of legacies the whole point of legacies it took us a while to get there but we're finally seeing the sins of her father and the enemies of her family come back to haunt her yeah which is fantastic finally but it's nice that like this is like a nice little like sprinkle in like hey no matter what happens this baby is going to get all of this shit and we have to protect her and it's just oh i love this show sometimes most of the times now cuz some of the things they say like like sl- like really shape who hope is now and it's just oh i love it Oh, I love it. And then and then Rebecca says, like, please make sure that you tell that little girl stories of her crazy Aunt Bex and let her know, despite my absence, I do love her very much. Which oh I I can't talk about it till later, but oh <laughs> I 
I just love that Rebecca, no matter what, she's going to be there for her family. Yeah. And it's like her, and then it kind of like the closing of this all, like it all just kind of wraps up like a nice little bow for Rebecca. They show her just driving away being happy. Yeah. Which. And she drives out of New Orleans in her cute little red convertible. That she stole from Stefan, probably. <laughs> it's not the same car that Stefan has. I know it's not, but it looks just like it. It looks definitely more American than Stefan's car, which looks like a little European piece of shit. It's an Italian. Um, a little Italian. And she smiles as she leaves New Orleans forever. Yep. Well, forever. you and I know what. You and yes, I know forever. things. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yes, forever. Rebecca's never coming back. She's gone forever. Oh, no. I'm kidding. She, she... No, I'm saying at the time right now when Rebecca leaves yes. New Orleans, she thinks it is forever. And that yep. thought brings her great joy. And I'm not going to undercut that by saying the inevitable spoiler that she does come back later. Shocker. Yeah. She Shocker. does come Claire back Hope. later. But I'm not going to undercut this happy moment of Rebecca's with the knowledge <laughs> that I have, with the, the knowledge that I am burdened with, is that she the comes back. I am not burdening her with that in this instant. I am saying that she looks happy when she leaves New Orleans forever. And she deserves it. Klaus pulls out a little memory box of uh, a lot of things. But inside, mostly the one that's important to him is the little wooden knight that Klaus carved over 1,000 years ago that he gave to Rebecca during that storm. And I love he kind of starts that. to tear up a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of really love that. It kind of shows his human side a little bit, and it I love so that. so shows his human side. I love it so much. It's what we deserve from Klaus. We need to see his humanity a little bit. Well, this gives everyone, at least they can clear Rebecca's room and make it a nursery now. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And that's it for this episode of The Originals. I really love this episode. It's genuinely one of my favorite. Like, when I think of The Originals, I always tell people, wait till you get to episode 16. Like, if you've been, like, a big fan of The Original Family from Vampire Diaries, this is the one that you need to watch. Like, this is the one that really made the show for me. I really enjoyed a lot of earlier, so I assume you're giving it a 10. Actually, 9.75, but... Because, like, the Marcel stuff kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, oh, Are you cute, seriously but, giving yeah. this episode a 9.75 instead of a 10? When you just said mm. it's your favorite? I mean, you can do that. More power to you. I'm yeah, just like, it's wow. My, it's my favorite. I'm rating it lower, like, like at 2.5 lower, just because of Marcel being a dumbass. <laughs> I think he had some dumb shit this episode. I Again, like I said, I think this episode would have been better if we just sort of didn't have that out. but still yeah. like this episode really has some of the best acting i've seen in this entire show it wraps up a character storyline mm -hmm. beautifully that we've witnessed for like four years three years four years now mm -hmm. but like still opens it up to be like hey she can come back yeah i really like which it. i love when they do that in shows like they could have easily just killed her off and been like bye but they chose not to. <laughs> but I did love, like, I really did love, like, this kind of made, like, me go, like, oh, this show's going to be on for a while. 
because originally I thought the original was going to last like two seasons and that was it. Oh, really? I think they had, I think they had a stronger first season than the Vampire Diaries did. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. So, oh, 100%. Even I was watching the show, even though I watched it fully with the knowledge that it was five seasons, um, I really still thought it overall had the better beginning season than... It did. It definitely... it Because it felt like we already knew the... Like, you knew the history. Yeah. I think I'm also going to go with you in actually giving this, like, a 9.5... Yeah, I, it was I'm still... with you in the fact that I think this Marcel stuff really did not make the episode better. Because this, because when I think back to this episode, that's not what I think about. Like I completely forgot that stuff happened. Yeah, all you think like, about and all you need in this episode is that cemetery stuff. Yeah, like I remember watching like, the cemetery stuff, and that's when like like and I was like paying attention, like watching, like listening, and then the Marcel came stuff came up, and I checked my phone. <laughs> yeah. Mean, but I don't think he really needs this episode. He didn't really need this episode. Like they did well with Haley, like giving Haley like her goodbye. They didn't like cut away to Haley dealing with the werewolves. Like woo, like thank God they didn't, because I would have screamed if they did that. Yeah, I think I don't know. I wish they would have whittled this episode down a little bit more. Yeah, I also think it fits oddly in the season. I think it's odd that this is episode. 16 out of a 22 episode season i think it's like i don't know it feels weird to me that this is like the 16th episode i know there was some like adjusting of episode orders as they were making it that yeah made some of these things like a little bit weird like maybe this was originally the season finale which would make sense uh, i think it was actually that would make way more sense timeline wise Hold because on. if I mean, I think it was, you said, you said it originally got ordered for like 13 episodes or something like that. I think, let me double check. Because um, it originally was, where's the trivia? The originals was picked up for 16 episodes. On October 11th, the CW ordered three more scripts, increasing the episodes to 13 to 16. And then on November 11th, the CW picked it up for the full 22. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense that this sort of like feels like a season finale. Yeah, it definitely felt like it felt like an ending for Rebecca more so. No, but I think this also would have worked as a season finale. Um, yeah. And I think the only reason they didn't make this into a season finale uh, is because they needed to fit Hope's birth in there somewhere. But I do think it also would have been an interesting episode if you had these siblings dealing with their problems while trapped in the cemetery, while across town, Haley is giving birth. I think that would have been really, really like a fun episode. (gasps) Oh, that would have been fun. Um, Get family therapy before you go hold your newborn daughter in your hands congrats um i think that would have been a fun episode so i can see where this has like this has like the makings of a season finale that they took some things out of um whereas the actual season finale is so chock full of shit (laughs) um yeah there's a lot that happens but it's a good finale though that's it for this week on afterbite wait wait MVP. Who's the MVP this episode? I want to say Rebecca. I want to say Rebecca as well. Because she got what she needed. She did what she needed to do. 
she got free. Rebecca has a lot of uh, MVPs this season, actually. And this is her last one. <laughs> no, she, the character of Rebecca has some other ones. Yeah, but this is her, like, This is her now. last one for the season, probably, yeah. Yeah, for the season. But I was going to say, like, season two, the character oh, of Rebecca. Oh, season two. Rebecca kicks some ass. Yeah, like, the character of Rebecca is definitely going to get more MVPs after this. Just not this season. Not this season. This is her last one for the episode. The, the season. That's it for this episode of Afterbite. Next week, we are going to be watching episode 516 of The Vampire Diaries While You Were Sleeping. Uh, creepy Which episode. Is my title. life story. Um, I don't know how it can best Gone Girl. I don't think it will. <laughs> I don't think it will either. <laughs> Nothing will ever beat Gone Girl, honestly. Nothing. No. <laughs> So head on over to our Twitter at AfterBitePod. You can also, if you want to get episodes early, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash AfterBite. That's it for this week. Next week, while you were sleeping, 516. Until then, we have no outro anymore. Uh, What do we say? Uh, Fuck, fuck. Stan Luna is what Jordan likes to say. Yeah.